Yes, you're wrong. The podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, back again, back again, as always. Yes, <laughs> the one constant in your life. <laughs> we try, um, and yeah, kind of a. I mean, last week obviously we had the controversial, the slap gate, the discourse, the Oscar moment that people will not stop talking about. <laughs> I felt like not that controversial, but apparently, pe- yes, you and others had <laughs> had takes. Um, but there's still lots of new news about that coming. Like, there's oh, lot, yeah. there's been lots of developments since our last episode that we should probably discuss. I guess. Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of takes left and have, right and have, all over have, the place. Have your opinions changed at all? No, I've dug in my <laughs> heels more. Like, I'm very frustrated by the discourse. Honestly, like the more and more, like. <sighs> white people clutching their pearls and acting like this is the worst thing they'd ever seen and that he needed to be like banned from making movies ever again like i was like calm calm your titties (laughs) i'm just like i can't take it anymore i i agree you know don't slap people in public that's fine i mean don't slap people period but i just hated watching people just the, it was less about the slap itself and more just my frustration with the reactions to it, I think. Like, more and more, I'm just like, please sit down and chill out for a minute because it's not that deep. And I, and I'm, that's not me saying that. That's Chris Rock saying that, right? Like, he had every opportunity. The police arrived at the Dolby Theater that day and were like, we can arrest him. And he was like, no, thanks. And obviously, like, he might be going through, you know, whatever. He has a sold-out tour now. He's admitted that he'll be able to talk about it at a later date. He's still processing it. Like, I understand that's a journey for him. But then you have his little brother going on his, like, (laughs) his comedy tour, calling Jada Pinkett Smith a bitch, even though Jada Pinkett Smith didn't open her mouth about this. And you know what? And then the Academy tries to be like, oh, we asked Willa to leave. But then it came out, no, you guys didn't. You had talked about asking him to leave, but you didn't get around to it so you're trying to paint him as more of like a villain where it's like oh he just didn't he didn't apparently they asked the publicist yeah and then the like they didn't want to have a scene and obviously will smith is on the like front of the oscar (laughs) stage so i guess that they like relayed that to the publicist and then yeah so it didn't happen but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like they came up to him and were like get out of here and he was like yeah It's like they clearly didn't know how to react, waited. I mean, and then once they saw the public vitriol against it, we're like, oh, actually, we were totally going to, but we just like uh, couldn't figure it out. I don't blame anyone for their actions or reactions really in that moment because Mm -hmm. I feel like you, like, it's so unprecedented. It's a live television event where it's a huge celebrity sitting in the front row. He's about to win an Oscar. Like, there's, (laughs) yeah. I mean, you can go back and sort of like, um, Monday morning quarterback it as much as you want, but like in the moment, I don't think you can really be blamed for yeah those responses because there was just like no protocol for it. Um, like yeah, w- would it have been great if you asked him to leave? Like maybe, but also at the same time, like the I don't 
I don't hold anybody responsible for for it or not for it. Um, yeah, it's more that, like don't the, lie about it, like to make yourself look like oh we did all we could. Like no, you didn't. And I they, think like that yeah. was their statement: is we asked him to leave and he refused. That was a that was their direct quote on the matter, and it came out later that it's like oh well actually, uh, you know, leaking to the press, leaking to TMZ. It was the publicist who was asked, and she didn't ask will so the buck starts there but it's like i don't know it, it's yeah. fine uh, yeah i mean yeah i i don't think that's a necessarily a lie but yes it, it yeah maybe not the full details i think the thing that's frustrating i guess for people for some people is the sort of like hypocritical nature of the responses mm-hmm. by the general not even the general public, but certain people who seem very up in arms about this, but who have not mm. seemed very up in arms about more major offenses by other people, especially people who were white or mm-hmm. are white. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, so that's the annoying thing. Like, yeah. I think that there's no really excusing Will Smith's actions and he has, you know, up gone on to apologize for that. He has removed himself from the Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, which I think is a good, like, sort of preemptive move on his part. It makes him look much better and also keeps the Academy from being able to remove him based yeah. on their sort of, like, um, investigation that's going on at the moment. Um, so I think, yeah, there's really no excuse for what he did. And I think it was bad. Like, we never want that. Right. And, you, and I think in if given a different set of people, depending on who it was, the slap I think would have been even more um, like, I think that reactions would have been different depending on which people, who got slapped and who was slapping. Mm -hmm. And so I think that in general, we just have to say like, like slapping's always bad. You should not be doing it. It doesn't matter (laughs) who is getting slapped. It doesn't matter who is doing the slapping. It's always bad. Like it. Yeah. But the, but yeah, I think some some of the reactions have been frustrating, even though I think, you know, anybody who wants to come out and say, like, Will Smith shouldn't have slapped them. Okay, great. Perfect. Like, yes, we're all on the same page with that. But if you, as someone who is not related to the incident, decides <laughs> to come out and make that statement, then maybe you should also be calling out other people who have done, you know, morally worse yeah. things and and more thought out things and more long term things where Will Smith obviously just had some kind of you know anger issue meltdown in the moment it wasn't like this was premeditated or this is something that has happened right. a new on, on a number of occasions. Well, and it's like, we've seen so many things go viral now where it's like Chris Rock has been making Jada Pinkett Smith jokes since like for the better part of two decades. Like it's been, it's been interesting to see like these details come out that, you know, add context maybe to why Will Smith reacted as he did uh, and not to other jokes he's taken in the past, but also seeing like old clips of, uh, you uh, why do I want to say Jimmy Fallon? <laughs> but No, Jimmy the, the guy, the Jay uh, uh, Sonic, the Hedgehog villain. <laughs> That's how oh, Jim Carrey. Him. Jim Carrey. The viral clip of him kissing Alicia Silverstone at the Oscars when he won. It's like, do you think that the LAPD was called to see if she wanted to press charges for that assault? Like, no, because we 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 normalize certain acts as like, oh, well, that doesn't really count, even though she was clearly uncomfortable, clearly trying to push him off. Yes. And he was making a moment for himself. Yes. And it's like, so moments like that have been coming up again where it's like, huh, maybe the way we see and react to violence needs revisiting because, you know, 
like I talked about Roman Beklansky winning an Oscar after pleading guilty yeah. to raping a child, but also things like Alec Baldwin, who, you know, I don't think we can say murdered someone in cold blood, but he was responsible for a film set that saw someone die. And yet he still gets to make movies. But Will Smith's movies are on hold now because they're like, oh, my gosh, can we is he like blacklisted? Like, will this be a financial um, risk to have him star in anything going forward? Like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, he just he just slapped a guy. <laughs> like it's, I, it's not that deep. I, I don't know. I, I can't wrap my I, head around the reaction. I, I feel like, though, that that is one that's not a good stance to take. And also, like, if someone had come up on stage and, like, slapped Taylor Swift, like, I think we would be having a very different I don't believe. Here. I don't believe in this sort. The, the, I agree no, that they, I agree no. that the slap is bad, but I do not like this, like, punitive like justice like let's take them down like real cancel culture like that's real like that yeah. is true i think though that this is very early in yeah, the response yeah. to this is, yes. like he hasn't been dropped from any projects yes. they're just on hold <laughs> and i can see how if you were a film producer and you're like oh i'm gonna be investing millions and millions of dollars in a movie that has will smith okay. as the lead you might want to sort of be like okay let me wait and see how this plays out a bit so that i'm not like mm-hmm. so that if yeah cut to woody allen's 27 films in the last 20 years and like mel gibson still working and casey affleck still working like it's like oh were things put on it's fine i know i think we're things like but casey affleck also like Mm. like he has he has not been headlining a lot of big movies recently like i think his career also has taken a hit Mm. there and also i do think that it is important as well to acknowledge the fact that we have like moved yes like some of these things were not that many years ago but i think as a society we have moved ahead significantly not all the way but (laughs) in our reactions to things like i think if jim carrey got on stage and kissed alicia silverstone at this year's oscars that would have gotten a very different response to it so obviously like looking back we can say well we like nobody responded to that like he wasn't punished blah 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 but i think that you know we a very good thing is that we have been moving forward and a lot of these issues have been you know for better or no matter how many how they were addressed like have been Mm -hmm. getting more attention and so i think that yeah we have to we can't like look at this will smith incident and and say well if it had happened you know 10 years ago we would have treated it as such and such because we're looking at it today and hopefully if Roman Polanski won an Oscar in this year, it would be handled differently. I was a lot. I mean, yeah, whatever. Sure. But let's look at something more recent then because Casey Affleck and Childish Gambino had their situations around the same time. And Childish Gambino has had a harder time outliving the the bad date debacle than Casey Affleck has uh, dealing with actual like Wait. sexual assault. What? Uh... Uh, are you do you um, you're not talking. You're talking about um, uh, Aziz Ansari. Oh, <laughs> you're right. I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Donald Glover has Atlanta like, like right yeah. now. I was like, uh, we'll just cut that part out, please. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, let's go back to something more recent, which is actually funny enough. Another story of uh 
this week, which yeah, is the Grammys. This, this is what we, yes. And and uh talking about cancellation, yeah. uh dear old Louis C.K. somehow has won won a Grammy, which So is, how do you how do you know that? But then say something like, Oh, we're getting better as a society of responding to things. Like it's oh, recent things will be taken care of more. I don't like it's I like, mean, I obviously we are not perfect in any way, yeah, shape, yeah. or form. And there's lots of things that are still terrible. I just think that and I, I you're an optimist like, yeah and the, also the Grammys are a disaster and like <laughs> who knows what's going on with them at any given point anyways but like um, but I I think that when Louis C.K. won the Grammy every every headline that I have seen has been like how like how did this happen this is a terrible thing right where i think a few years ago would have been like oh like great like louis ck he learned his lesson like now he's coming back and we're all excited for that and i think like i don't know who in the grammy academy gave him this award but the general populace and the response to this has not been positive for louis ck it's sort of like he's coming back like it's like when a snake keeps coming to your house <laughs> and you're chasing him out with the broom like he keeps coming back and everyone's like no 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 i mean the grammy is a cat is full of people in the field who are voting right like that yeah i don't know who the these Oscars. people are but the 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 have you seen any articles about this that have been excited that louis ck won well, no, but he had enough support to, you know, film a spe- like record a special and that special got like a a producer like a like there's clearly it, it's not like he just threw this like in an envelope and sent it to the Grammys and one bad apple right. there yes. accepted it. Like no. he yes. he yes. has been able to right. crawl from his hole mm-hmm. and whether or not that means the Hollywood reporter or BuzzFeed is like Oh, we love this guy. It still means there's enough acceptance of um, his behavior to allow this sort of weird comeback for yeah. an, for an album that's frankly like he he talks about his assaults. He talks about it to the point where he compares um, his sexual encounters to uh, enslaved people singing hymns in the fields and being confused because it's like, oh, you think you're happy, but like I guess not. So I guess that's how it is with sex. Like you have to keep asking because you can't just read the like room that way. It's like yuck. Like why are we? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I agree. That's I don't my think full you should have won. Statement on the matter. But similarly, I mean, yeah, the Grammys as a full were kind of a mess. I didn't watch. Did you? I did not watch them. I wa- I read the responses afterwards. I mean, yeah. this is what our fourth year doing this, I our know. fourth year covering the Grammys. Every year we're like, the Grammys are stupid. <laughs> they make no sense. Who is deciding things? Who is um like what is the rubric that we're using? They give out a a million awards. I saw that Bruno Mars's like group or whatever won. Uh, record and song of the year and i was like okay but then some random person won uh album of the year it just like it <laughs> just random person. yeah it yeah. just makes no it sense. it was like a weird like i i didn't listen to john batiste's album we are i think you know there's obviously an audience that knows him and loves him but i think most of the reactions was huh this didn't really make an impact the same way some of these other albums that were nominated did like sour by olivia rodrigo or even like um I think her had an album. Well, it it goes back and forth because there's some years where where the obviously not as well done but bigger album wins. Yeah. And then there's <laughs> other years where the like more indie 
um, project wins. And you just have no idea. And then when you look at the nominations, it makes even less sense. (laughs) And then even when you look at a specific artist and you think, okay, well, the Grammys tend to like Beyonce. It's like the things that Beyonce is nominated for and then not nominated for don't make any sense either based on sales or based on quality. Like her just because an album is like more critically acclaimed or less critically acclaimed does not mean that it's getting nominations or wins. I mean, like Taylor Swift's stuff, I feel like is like that kind of all over the place where the things that she wins for, the things that she's nominated for. And then this year they had the weird thing where they nominated the stuff and then they said, oh no, we're expanding the categories and they added Kanye and Taylor Swift to the Mm -hmm. lineup. And it was like, well, did that mean that they like, that they were worse or that they like had less votes. And then people were like, Oh no, they're just adding them for the controversy of it because it's obviously Kanye and Taylor Swift that they're adding. Uh, The, the Kanye album, I was generally panned. So it's Mm -hmm. like, well, that didn't have critical consensus, but somebody voted for it for (laughs) the Academy. Then like the Taylor or the beyond, Lady Gaga, Tony Bennett Mm, album got mm -hmm. all of this love, which sort of makes sense because like, well, maybe the Academy likes Tony Bennett, but it's not like Tony Bennett has been winning things (laughs) all of this time for his other work. So it just, it literally makes no sense. I don't know who is in charge of the, I also don't (laughs) know nearly as much about the Grammys, but I'm like, who is making these decisions? How are they being made? What is the process? Like it, it's baffling. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of a weird week uh, award show by all reports. I think there was this general like I don't know, like maybe just comparing it to the Oscars, it felt a little more subdued and and Trevor Noah was uh the host and his jokes were kind of like lame, kind of like toothless. Like there was nothing like not that I think you have to mock everyone, but it was just kind of like, okay, like he made a joke about Olivia Rodrigo being carded and having to show her driver's license and it's like yeah okay (laughs) good one bro but I mean it was just kind of and all the fashion was a total dud if I do say so myself um and so yeah it was kind of like whatever um what was interesting is that (laughs) Justin Bieber performed Peaches and he sings the opening line about um I got my weed out in California or whatever and then the rest of the time he sings that in the chorus, it was censored out as if they realized like, oh, wait, that's what the song is about. <laughs> yeah. So he got one mention in it, but then the rest of it was bleeped. And then, um, yeah, just a weird, a few random wins, a few weird uh, twists. But I mean, Olivia Rodrigo won Best New Artist, which I guess wasn't surprising, but still a nice moment for her. She won three, I think, because she got best pop vocal performance best pop solo performance and best pop vocal album um and then the best new artist so a good first for her yeah yeah the yeah i don't but like uh, that <laughs> like that album wasn't i think i mean we talked about it oh, i feel I like we it. didn't we, yeah but like it wasn't it's, that was a good album i re-listened like, to it because i watched her disney plus like docu performance show she did and I I think it's good. 
I really do. I think it's I think there's album. like three good songs no, on no, it, no, no, and no. then it's like filler. <laughs> That's your personal. Opinion. I think I think we can go back and review <laughs> the footage on this because I don't remember there when are we probably did the recording. Three filler songs, but a lot of the songs are good songs. I, the album is happier, also jealousy, only like thirty six minutes Deja long. Vu. It's so shorter. It's so short. Hey, you can't be complaining about long albums like Taylor Swift and then be complaining about short albums like Olivia Rodrigo. I'm just saying that I think it was sort of thrown together. It definitely was, but that's because she was riding a wave. And you know what? She pulled some gems out of that process, like uh, in ways that I think they'll continue to be big hits for her. Cause I think they're like, there's some really good songs. You should revisit it. Okay. We should revisit. I've listened to it like for the last three days straight. And I was like, you know what? This is a vibe. She can keep happy. Hope you're okay. And like, um, Okay, I don't remember oh these songs that well. But another I win, was... another win was Kanye West won Best Rap Song for his one featuring Marilyn Manson. So just another thing to to think about as we talk about who gets punished. See, and... <laughs> yeah, I I'm beginning to question who is in the Grammy. Like, who is in this Academy? Isn't it the same idea? Like, you're invited to its producers, its artists, its musicians, its who's ever involved in the industry is invited, just like the Academy, to be a voting member. But the thing about the Academy is that they had their controversies, you know, several years back of the Oscars so white. And so over the past four or five years have sort of twisted their arm into inviting all of these uh, people of a a more diverse background. I don't remember a controversy like that (laughs) coming up for the Grammys. So I'm wondering if the Gram and also I know the Academy, like in general, like, you know, who's in it. They like release some statements, but it's like kind of vague. And I think that some of these others are even more um, mysterious as to who exactly is involved in the process. And I'm wondering if they did not have a reckoning. And so have been doing (laughs) less invitations because even if you look at, at the last couple years of the Oscars, the nominees and the winners have gotten significantly more diverse, maybe not diverse as as much as we would like them to, but in comparison to like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has happened for the uh, Grammys yet. And if it's full of a bunch of like old white men and, you know, it's like they're voting in secret, they can vote for whoever they want to. Yeah. I guess we'll have to do a, a deep dive, a, a real... Um... HBO style expose on who's in the Grammys. Well, we'll have to start like researching the, it. Well, yeah, we need to, whoever got on the who's on the uh, Golden Globes panel needs to get on the who's or in the, the. Wasn't there like in the in like the early two thousands like a documentary about the MPAA? Um, like who's on that? Who's running the ratings and like how it's like a really secret? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like because it's so random what gets rated R, what gets rated PG thirteen type thing. I'm on the Grammys like page and I can't even figure out like the Wikipedia for who is like who's who's in charge of this. What's the is it the recording? Can, the Illuminati like, where, man. Where know. is the link to this? <laughs> I want to know who runs the Grammys. Well, do you have Academy? any other um, the recording Academy? Any like other that stories that'll make me mad and heated this fine Tuesday? Um, <laughs> let me let me look through my I, I did read an article that was up. Uh, listing all of the jokes about the slap that took place at the Oscars, or I mean at the Grammys. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. And I guess, you know, uh, 
Trevor Noah said that we're going to keep people's names out of our mouths, which was, you know, a reference to Will Smith. Uh, I guess Questlove was pronouncing something or another. Um, And he said, I'm going to present this award and I trust you people will stay 500 feet away from me, which Mm -hmm. I thought was kind of funny. Um, (laughs) Especially since he's the one who really, of all the people who got, who the slap affected negatively, I think it's Chris Rock, number one, initially, but then not really. But then Quest, poor Questlove had to get up there and give that speech right afterwards for Summer of Soul. And we'll... Well, that- you know what we missed in our Oscar thing is that when Chris Rock announced the win for Summer of Love, he's like, oh, Questlove and four white guys completely erasing. Um, oh, yes. And that there was a... Uh, yes, like an Indian man. Yeah. And it's just like, that's a dick joke too, Chris. So... Hope he takes some time, you know. Heals, learns. <laughs> I mean, he, clearly he was trying to do. No, he made the same but, joke. He right, he's made the same joke before, previously so and didn't. I'm not yeah. here for the. <laughs> no, I'm apologies. saying. I'm saying that like the the joke was a steal from um, who was it? Natalie Portman or yeah. whatever, who was like four men and blank for the best director. Yeah. So I think he thought he was doing something that was, you know, sort of like interesting or radical. But then, yes, it there did not check his facts, and then again did not check his facts even after yeah. they, uh, yeah. Um, okay, let me see if I have other stories that will make you mad. Uh, <laughs> more Will Smith stuff. Oh, uh, maybe this is something that you won't care about. Um, but Legally Blonde three is in the works. <laughs> Yes. Reese Witherspoon asked Mindy Kaling to write Legally Blonde 3. Yes. And I saw this story that Mindy Kaling, I guess, was watching the Sex and the City reboot and sort of was so worked up about how, like, bad it was and how, like, that's a reboot of a mm. women's comedy but from, like, 20 years ago and sort of how do you uh, handle that? And then... Um, in her and then it's trying to like figure out how to do that with the legally blonde movie and then now people are like oh gosh like we just like maybe we just stop doing these reboots because it <laughs> never goes well um yeah and she said um we want to make sure that l woods is not pl- paying penance for existing in the year 2022 which i did think <laughs> was sort of an interesting quote because i i didn't watch the sex and i haven't watched any of sex in the city but one of the one of the takes that i feel like uh was prevalent was like okay the original version it's these white women they're friends with white women they're talking about white women issues they're not really addressing like you know larger systemic issues or you know the casting is very whitewashed and so they attempted to sort of fix a lot of that with the new series and that then it sort of ended up being miserable and kind of um <laughs> like very tokeny of who they're like okay everybody has to be friends with one black person and that it really didn't work maybe because those characters just don't really work in 2022 they worked in whatever year sex in the city came out originally sort of to go back to our topic earlier about mm-hmm. how much things have changed and like will l woods work in 2022 is a another question i think that she does <laughs> but of course she does. i mean yeah i see the point like the concern of uh, people are very attached to the memory of these you know feminist icons that were sex in the city and were legally blonde um i think the issue wasn't so much oh Le- sex in the city doesn't work now 
It was more that they, in an attempt to maybe correct it or maybe, I don't know, elevate it. They just betrayed every character point they'd made for these characters before. So it was like suddenly three new characters instead of exploring, you know, what do these three white women do in New York City in 2022? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, as long as you don't just rewrite the character i feel like it's easy to allow a blonde lawyer who likes pretty clothes to still exist you know what i mean well i think elle woods is much more of a caricature and also because she's in a movie there's much less baggage there for her so i think that i i think that the legally blonde three i mean will probably be bad but be bad for very different (laughs) reasons than sex in the city's reboot well and and legally blonde remains a very like oh, wow, this is actually like ahead of its time sort of feminist look. Whereas when you rewatch Sex and the City, it's like, ugh, this isn't like, ugh, that's kind of ako taco, like weird, yes. cringy. Right. So I think maybe that might help too because the source material still stands the test of time. But And there's less like fixing that needs to yeah, be yeah. done. I mean, I guess I don't remember Legally Blonde 2 that well. <laughs> so there might be need needs some rewiring from that one but legally blonde still still beloved i i would imagine that legally blonde 3 will not be doing very much with legally blonde <laughs> 2 it's like if they may re- if they do a miscongeniality 3 i think we're not yeah, really we don't the, talk re- about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah the regina king might not be coming back unfortunately yeah. <laughs> um this is a sad story to oh, maybe gosh. end on but bruce willis his family came out and announced oh, that yeah. he was stepping back from acting due to some health issues that led to a diagnosis of aphasia, which is basically a form of dementia. So it's been impacting his cognitive abilities for the last few years, and he's decided to kind of step back from making movies, which is a sad story. And obviously, people are remembering like some of his great work and stuff. But what's interesting about it is that he has been kind of made fun of for the last few years because he's been doing dozens of these direct-to-TV movies that I haven't even heard of. um, Yes. But have kind of been... on Like, the Razzies made an entire category dedicated to him and his bad films because he was making Mm -hmm. so many in a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of like this... this, I I guess I'm not saying expose, but sort of this um, article came out that was exploring this sort of secret that... This well-known secret, I guess, amongst... Uh, the film community about his decline and how he was he was on these film sets and like his contract said he could only work two days for each movie and sometimes he would only be there for four hours so it was like he was just being fed lines through a earpiece and there would be moments where he got confused and like would be like why am I here or like wait what am I doing here and it's just like it's an uncomfortable like that's another thing our society as a whole needs to kind of explore is this this how we treat the elderly and how we like support them and because it feels like a weird gray area to like say oh he loves acting so we're going to help him do this as long as he wants but then like how much consent does he have if he doesn't like have the mental ability to be like oh I'm I'm totally present I'm choosing this like and is instead like being kind of like I don't know like to the point where the directors he was working with was like I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore like it's like this feels weirdly abusive to be like, yeah, come here and shoot this movie that you don't understand and you don't have any cognitive like functions to really do well. And like kind of like, you know, for the last year has made him a laughing stock in some way. So it's like 
all bad, right? We shouldn't it's, make fun of people doing these. We never know what someone's going through type thing. But then also, huh, should we have been letting that happen? I mean, yeah. I mean, th- that's so hard on so many levels because obviously you don't know what anyone's going through. Yeah. So then, but then you're like, okay, so does that mean that like you really can't like make jokes about anybody? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, but the, I think, yeah, the stuff with older people is so tricky uh like because also it came out recently that judy dench like i guess can't read her scripts anymore and like uh with belfast like uh, kenneth branagh had to go over and sort of like read her the script and tell her what was like happening yeah and you're like oh like like it is this an overworking or is this somebody who's older being like no like this is what i love i want to keep doing it even though it's more difficult for me right i also saw a lot of people sort of responding both negatively and positively to the um liza minnelli part of the oscars where people were saying like oh my gosh she looks terrible like how could you bring (laughs) her out like this like like this is an embarrassment to her legacy like why trot her out on stage when she looks like this? But then other people were like, this is an icon and, you know, like we're celebrating her and she's coming out and she, you know, she was in good hands, Lady Gaga. And, you know, to, to sort of just say, Oh no, will you look different? So we're going to stuff you away in your house and you can't come out anymore is also. So I, yeah, I think it's one of those things that's so specific to the person and the people around them and with celebrities like we never you usually don't get those details so with like bruce willis like was this something that he wanted to do was this something that his family wanted to do was this something that he didn't want to do but was just getting dragged to like we'll probably never know so it's so hard to judge all of that and i also with the bruce willis thing i was thinking about the chadwick boseman Mm -hmm. stuff where People were sort of saying like, wow, he looks skinny. And then turned out he had um, cancer. Yeah, cancer. But then you also think about like Christian Bale shows up looking in different <laughs> body forms and you're like, wow, he looks weird. I mean, <laughs> it's not the same, but it's uh, but like at some point if Christian Bale got a disease, people would be talking about him and wouldn't know. So, yeah, it's hard to like it's hard to sort of judge based on like information that you don't have, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. So hopefully, I mean, it's a sad, sad story. And I'm glad that he has like such a supportive family. So hopefully it was all good and that they're able to enjoy time together still. Um, But yeah, that was the other downer of the news this week. Um, I don't have anything else. Did you? No. Should we get into love it or hate it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Let's let's up the charm a little bit. Um, I have a love it. I... More like a pleasantly liked it. Um, Moonshot is this original like sci-fi rom-com that's on HBO. It came out this weekend. It stars um, Lana Condor and Cole Sprouse. So it has sort of a a young adulty feel, but they're both in college. So it's technically what, what we in the industry called new adult. Um, mm. And it's sort of like, it's, so it's an original story. It's set in the near future where there's a colony on Mars and they're getting the world's best and brightest to go colonize that since earth is kind of suffering under the uh, garbage collecting and, you know, environmental uh, crisis. So basically, Cole Sprouse plays this kind of mediocre guy who dreams of adventure and just wants to go to Mars because he thinks he, he'll find purpose there finally. He meets this girl who wants to go to Mars because her boyfriend's there and um, 
and even though she's like driven to like stay on earth and like work through earth's problems with her brain geniuses she decides to go to mars anyways to like be with him for the year while he's there and so walt sneaks onto the ship and then and then uh lana's character has to help kind of hide him as things go and and you can imagine that over this month-long journey eh, sparks start to fly and questions are asked and life purpose is is brought up so it was like (laughs) it was it was charming it was funny they had really good chemistry they were fun to watch it kind of meandered at parts and and lost track of the plot maybe a little bit as far as like general themes it was trying to take on but it also had um uh, Michelle mm, Branch. No, <laughs> Michelle, Michelle Piper from the circle, like the circle host, and then she was in. Oh, Mary okay, Me. yes, 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 yes. And yes, so yes. she was a funny side character. Zach Braff shows up as like the founder of the Mars mission, and there were like some fun twists and er, things that felt a little bit surprising as in an in a genre that sometimes suffers from lack of surprisingness so all in all i really liked it it was a fun watch and i think it was like an easy breezy sort of rom-com that's feel good and cute and you know diverting in these dark times (laughs) i don't think i'll be watching this it It might not be for you i think between cole sprouse and five feet apart and (laughs) the fact that moon shot sounds like moon fall i'm just like (laughs) i'm getting too much ptsd (laughs) from multiple directions also i did have to watch one of those um for all the boys movies which i also didn't like so truly like yeah i liked those ones so if you liked that then you'll probably like this because i i thought it was just like a fun is fun. Okay. Okay. Lots of good musical notes. Very TikTok trendy songs in use. <laughs> I have. I love it. Oh, which good. I feel like you probably would not like. Oh, maybe. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, it's a comedy. It's coming to Peacock. I, it might be out by now. I'm not sure. It's called Killing It. It stars Craig Robinson, who is an actor who you have probably seen in a bunch of things. I think he was in The Office. Um, but I, I don't think he's really headlined very much um, mm-hmm. before, or at least not that I have seen. It's a Peacock show. So really, the cast is full of uh, a lot of nobodies. But <laughs> the premise... I just looked him up. That's a major character in The Office. So yes, I do know him. Thank okay, you. Okay, okay. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Is he a regular? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Anywho, he's great. I knew him from that movie Table 19. If you ever saw that. (laughs) Where he's like, um, I didn't like that movie. Did you? You love talking about it. (laughs) Oh. I I? guess because it had a big cast. So I feel like it just comes up. Yeah. I mean, like Lisa Kudrow and whatever. Anywho. um, So the show is called Killing It. It's about this man who lives in Florida and he uh, is sort of uh, like wants to be an entrepreneur, but is very down on his luck. He is a guard, a security guard at a bank, but then his brother using that um, robs the bank. And so therefore he loses his job because he's the security guard. And so he has no money and he's down on his luck and he somehow stumbles upon the fact that there is this competition going on in Florida to kill pythons because back in like the early 2000s, I guess, and this is a real thing. I looked it up. A bunch of people started getting pythons as pets. And then when they got too big, they just like released them. So the Everglades are now like overrun with pythons that have no, 
um, natural predators. And so they pay people to go into the Everglades and kill pythons. <laughs> so the whole show is is him and this woman who he meets who kind of be, they, they become best friends and sidekicks. She's like Australian and very like zany and optimistic in this python killing competition <laughs> while he's also trying to start this entrepreneurial business on the side. And it is so funny. I was laughing so hard watching it. It's very zany. It's very um, like over the top and campy in a lot of ways. But I thought it was hysterical. And hmm. yeah, it just like there, there's I think it's maybe the first or second episode where there's this whole plot line where he's trying to kill pythons and he doesn't really have the equipment. So he uses a nail gun or a staple gun and accidentally like staples a python to his hand. So for the whole episode, he just has like this like python that's stapled to him and they're trying to like get around and go to the hospital. Or Anywho, <laughs> it's very funny. I really liked it. I will be writing about it for buzzfeed it's on Peacock. is it like that weird movie where the guy ends up getting his hands eaten by the shark and like that weird like i don't even remember oh what beach it was. bum yes yes it does sort of have that <laughs> le- kind of humor i will say okay, yes okay. but it's not but that movie was much more like that was trying to be more than just a comedy where right. this is like a very it's straightforward just, okay, comedy. Okay. Yeah. It feels like an NBC comedy, but right. maybe the production value is slightly higher and the um the comedy is much more like R-rated. Um <laughs> there's a scene where he where he like loses his house so he's staying in he's like living out of a gym. And so he's like showering and stuff in the gym locker room. And there's always like very old naked men like walking around and he's trying to have like business calls. And he's like, Jerry, like put on some pants kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's it's there's like nudity and a lot of swearing. And yeah, it's very R rated, but okay. but kind of a, a like a network comedy sensibility sort of. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny, I think. Good to know. We've got options, some light to brighten these days. So yes. <laughs> um okay well this has been a long episode and again more <laughs> will smith drama <laughs> um next so anyways with more peace but yes hopefully and we're, <laughs> we'll be back on thursday to talk about the lost city yes which i think is a fairly unproblematic movie we'll see yeah, maybe we'll it see isn't unclear yeah <laughs> shelby i'm sure we'll have takes i'll have yeah. takes we'll see you guys on thursday bye <laughs> <laughs>